Gmail podcast, iPad. This show is a proud member of Friends in Tech at friendsintech.com. Welcome to the Gmail podcast, a collection of short hints, tips, and tricks to help you get more from your Gmail account. I'm your host, Chuck Tomasi. This podcast is sponsored by GoToAssist Express, the terrific way to do remote computer diagnostics and support. It has several great features to make you more productive when someone starts asking you questions about their spreadsheet, email, web browsing, or something else that doesn't work quite right. You can support both Windows and Mac, do secure screen sharing, file transfers, chat, multiple sessions, and so much more, all over a secure session, like the ones used by online banking. Next time you find yourself in a support situation, use it as an opportunity to try GoToAssist Express free for 30 days and find out how easy it is to use. Visit gotoassist.com slash techpodcast to get started with your free 30-day trial. That's gotoassist.com forward slash techpodcast. Thanks. A few weeks ago, I got an iPad. Like many people, at first I thought it was just an oversized iPod Touch until a friend of mine let me use his. One of the first things I wanted to see was Gmail. The difference between Gmail on the iPhone or iPod Touch compared to the iPad using Safari is massive. Some of the things I love about Gmail on the iPad include seeing the index and current conversation on the same screen. This is similar to how Mac Mail or Outlook display messages and the index. There's enough screen real estate to get away with this on the iPad. Not so on the iPhone or iPod Touch. I also like the new larger area to compose a message. This was introduced on June 25th and is currently only available in the U.S. English interface for the time being. When you reply or compose a new message, Gmail brings up a pop-up window in front to compose your message, unlike before when it was still on the right side window with the rest of the conversation. When you're done composing, use the save or send buttons in the lower right to complete your work. Of course, I like using my iPad in landscape mode and using the full-size on-screen keyboard to quickly touch type my way through the interface. One thing that took a bit of getting used to was tagging conversations then using the archive and delete buttons on the left instead of the right. When you start checking off messages on the index on the left, it's easy to click the archive or delete on the upper right. However, doing so will take action on the current message, not the ones you checked. If you look closely, as soon as you start checking those checkboxes, a new set of buttons appears on the lower left. Those are the ones to use for the checked items. I know, it took a while to get trained on those also. Just remember, checking on the left, buttons on the left. Reading on the right, buttons on the right. I also think improvements can be made to the way labels are used. When you select the label feature from the drop-down list, you're presented with an alphabetized list of all your labels. If you have more than 20 or so labels and you want to use one near the end, you have to finger swipe to scroll your way down, click on it, then finger swipe back up to apply it. Rather clumsy in my opinion. Predictive text like when entering names and labels from the desktop interface would be much nicer here. Overall, I think Gmail did a great job at adapting their interface to take advantage of the new Apple tablet format, and there's room for improvement. I give it an 8 out of 10. That's all for this time. Comments, suggestions, or questions can be sent to gpodcast at gmail.com, or check the website for full information and archives of all previous Gmail tips at chuckchat.com. 
For more great information between the podcasts, follow me on Twitter at Gmail Podcast. I have no affiliation with Google other than as a satisfied Gmail user. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to write. You've got Gmail.